Hello, church. It is great to see you here today. I'm going to start off by telling you something I've never told you before. I'm sorry I haven't, but today you're going to hear it from me. I love ice cream. Yeah, I, I really do love ice cream. And I'll tell you why, because I grew up with a bowl of ice cream every single night. Uh, growing, up, growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, we had it in the spring, we had it in the summer, we had it in the fall, and yes, we had a bowl of ice cream at wintertime. And I just, I really do love it. Um, for, for me, a balanced diet is two ice cream cones in both hands. You know, that to me, that's a balanced diet for me. Or, um, you know, I find it uh, such an important part of my life. I used it in raising my kids. Uh, for example, we taught them about taxes. I would eat 38% of their ice cream every night. So they have an idea of what taxes are, are like, you know. Like, w- uh, you know, uh, what do you call a rapper who uh, runs an ice cream store? Scoop Dog. Yeah, uh-huh. What do, you, oh, what do you call a metalhead who runs and serves ice cream, huh? Alice Scooper. Yeah, yeah. That's, pretty, that's pretty good stuff. What does, some of you are not laughing. Uh, so, I'm going to give you one more, okay, until you do. So you might fake a laugh. Here we go. Uh, uh, what does a Texan say every single time they order a piece of apple pie? Remember the Alamode. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to keep going until everybody laughs or someone says, stop it. Stop it already. Stop it already. Right? <laughs> I want you now to turn to your neighbor, Speedway Online, right here at Lenexa, South Sanctuary, and tell them what your favorite flavor of ice cream is. I'm going to give you a few seconds to do that. All right, you got it? Okay, there have been research, there's been surveys on this. We know the number one, the number two, we know the most favorite ice creams uh, in the world. Uh, The answer is number one flavor, vanilla. I heard some of you go, oh, but it's number one. And if you like vanilla, you are in good company. Number two, chocolate. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Number three, strawberry. Those are the top three picks uh, of all. But here's the deal uh, for me. I love vanilla ice cream. And if you will take and drop this hard shell syrup on it and let it sit for about 60 seconds, I tell you the truth, like Esau, I will sell my birthright (laughs) to get some of that stuff. Yeah, that is for sure. But here's the deal. Vanilla ice cream is not just Number one, it is number one by a long shot. And chocolate ice cream is not just number two, it is number two by a long shot. So what's my point? My point is, it's very similar to the spiritual journey. What we want to ask and answer is, what is the vanilla and chocolate that will catalyze your journey in the spiritual life. 
What will cause you to take, what's the number one thing and the number two thing that will cause you to journey forward in your relationship with Jesus? Wherever you're at in the journey, we want to know that. And as a church, we actually know the answer to that. And what we want to do, what our mission is, what our passion is, is to serve that up to you every single Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so you can lay hold of the best life in the world. The Apostle Paul said that he considers everything in his life like a pile of rags, like rubbish compared to knowing Jesus. And when you know Jesus, everything else will come together. Yeah, it really will. So the question is, where does one learn to make ice cream? Sunday school. Yeah. Where does one learn to become like Jesus? Sunday school. There you go. So what I want to do, I want to start off a little bit with where I started last week in case you missed it, okay? There are four sort of stages or segments progressively in the journey of getting to know Jesus. And I want to recover those again in case you missed it. And as I do, I want you to identify where you are currently at, all right? So the first one is called Exploring Jesus. And uh, let me put up a description of this and see if this best describes you. I believe in God, but I'm not sure about Jesus. My faith is not a significant part of my life. And that's okay, because you're here, you're, you're leaning in, you're exploring, but you haven't quite sort of made that major step yet. If you've made that, if that your category, uh, 4% of our congregation finds himself right there. Okay, so you're not alone. The second one's called growing in Jesus. And this is a description of a person who is growing in Jesus. Ready? I believe in Jesus and I'm working on what it means to get to know him. What it means is that you have definitely crossed the line of faith. You're in on Jesus. You believe in him. You've taken him in. But you are in your early journeys. You're not quite sure what the Bible is saying and how to guide your life yet. But boy, you're leaning in and you're excited, okay? So if you put that where you're at, 48% of our congregation, the largest percentage, says, yeah, that's exactly where I am at. Now, the third category is called close to Jesus. And if that's you, this is what you might say about where you're at. Here it is. I feel really close to Christ and depend on him daily for guidance. I mean, you can see the faith in Christ is not about a religion and about do's and don'ts and laws. It is about a relationship with Jesus. And boy, your relationship with Jesus has become really important to you. Okay? If you uh, identify this as where you are at, 26% of our congregation uh, also joins you. And the final one is called Jesus-centered. And if you are here, uh, this is what you might say about your life. My relationship with Jesus is the most important relationship in my life. Over my spouse, over my children, over my boss, over anybody. Most important relationship and it guides most everything I do. That's not what it says. It says guides what? Everything I do. Yeah, you say, boy, for some of you in the earlier stages, like, is it even possible to get there? The answer is absolutely yes. 22% of the Westside congregation finds themselves in this wonderful, glorious place. Now, wherever you are at in your journey, wherever you're at, we welcome you. We do. And our goal for you is to what? Is to take your next step. That's what my shirt says. 
That's what it says up on the screen. This is the passion that we have. What that means is we want those of you who are exploring to take your next step in growing in Jesus. For those of you who are growing in Jesus, we want you to take your next step to becoming close to Jesus. For those of you who are close to Jesus, we want you to take your next step to being Jesus-centered. For those of you who are Jesus-centered, you're never done. You continue to dig in and dive in until you meet Jesus face to face. So what we're looking at is what is the vanilla and chocolate ice cream? What is the number one and the number two things that you can do regardless of where you're at to move you forward? Okay, what is the vanilla? Do you you mind because it's sitting up here? I'm sorry. It's probably not appropriate, but I love ice cream. What I want to do, mm, I like vanilla better with hard shell. I'm not going to do the hard shell in front of you. Um, What I want to do is talk to those of you today who are exploring and give you the vanilla and chocolate ice cream of moving to growing. And if you're not there, that's okay because you have children, you have grandchildren, you have neighbors, you have friends that uh, this can help you help them move closer to this awesome life in Jesus. Okay, And we're going to do it in three categories. The first is what are the vanilla and chocolate beliefs? What is the vanilla and chocolate as it relates to church involvement? And what's the vanilla and chocolate, the number one and number two thing as it relates to spiritual practices in your life? If you're ready, get ready to take some notes. We're going to dive in and move fast. Here we go. The number one vanilla belief. If you want to move from exploring Jesus to growing in Jesus is salvation by Grace, you have got to figure out in your mind and be convinced in your heart that you are lost. You've got to figure out in your mind and believe in your heart that the only way you can get out of this eternal mess that you've now discovered that you are in, not a way, but the only way is through Jesus. You've got to come to the place where you realize that there is nothing you can do to earn your salvation. Not a single thing. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And I emphasize this because... I have been a pastor for a long time now, and this is one of the principles that I cannot seem to get into the heads of most people, that salvation is by grace and not by works. I could be in a big gathering, but particularly I notice when I'm in a small gathering and I've been teaching and I've been preaching my heart out about how salvation is from the work of Jesus and nothing that you can do can earn it. And man, I feel like people are leaning in and they're on board and they're like, I got it, I got it, I got it. And I tell you the truth, it's happened every single time. We're not three, four minutes past me preaching that someone says, man, I sure hope that my good works are good enough to get me into heaven. I'm like, someone, shoot me. (laughs) And I kind of figure out, what is it? Because even today, 
you know, I've given up. Even today, most of you will walk out of here thinking that that's how it works. Come on. So I think, what is going on here? I think one of the reasons is because it's not, it, there's no other area in our life where it works that way. You know? Yeah, it's free. Yeah, I've heard that before. It ain't free. I remember even my own mother, she received Christ into her life at 17. They never ended up going to church, so she wasn't super mature in her faith. Fast forward to the age of 39. Uh, She has advanced pancreatic cancer. We're in the back of my parents' travel van that they purchased in retirement to see the world. It was never used for anything but to take my mom to the Cleveland Clinic. My dad is driving. I'm in the back with her laying on the bench. And my mom said to me, son, pastor son, is it enough? I knew exactly what she was saying. She didn't have to say any more. She's saying, son, I'm getting ready to die. And before I do, because I find it hard to believe that it's going to be enough that I received Jesus into my life. Are you sure? And I said to her, Mom, yes, I am sure. Jesus is enough. It's hard to believe because nothing else in our life works quite that way. I also think that some people don't believe they're worthy of it. You know, you have super duper low self-esteem and, and you've been told this or that about yourself or you've done some things and you're like, there's no way God's accepting me by grace. I've got to work this out. But I think the most of you, <laughs> I think the most of you, because I've talked to some of you, you are thinking that God grades on a curve. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're liking your odds. You know, I know that. I know it's hard to believe. Uh, you're, you're, you're comparing yourself to the people we cover on the evening news. You know, well, I didn't kill anybody with an axe. You know, that puts me in a, you know, a high percentile. And the vast majority of people talk to are convinced that God's going to grade on a curve. Can I tell you something? And you're going to forget it, but I'm going to keep telling you, okay? God does not grade on a curve. If you are counting on your works to get you there, you are going to be sorely mistaken. Mother Teresa would stand up here and say, you didn't nearly do as much as I did. You don't even live in Calcutta. You live in Johnson County, for crying out loud. Straight trip to hell. (laughs) You got nothing that you can offer God. Nothing. So stop and realize the only way you're going to get there is not on your works, but on the work of Jesus. Okay. Now, we are launching this thing called the West Side Essentials. We want everybody who's a part of this church to have the essentials, to have a foundation in their faith. And I'm going to encourage you online to download this booklet. Or if you're at one of our campuses here at Lenexa or Speedway, to pick up this booklet as well as this chart of when we're offering uh, these eight particular classes. If salvation by grace is something you need to work out, as well as some of these early ideas, I'm going to recommend starting point as the first class for you, okay? Starting point. Now, the chocolate. Oh, let me try the chocolate again. Mm. For for you, uh, you're going to have to work on your belief in God as a whole. It's one thing. You've got to get to the place 
where you identify that the God of the Bible is the only true God, only true God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yep, that's where it starts. This is the only true God. But here's something else that we have discovered. You also have, and if you're taking notes, write this down. You need to accept the God who is and not the God you want. In these early stages, it's real important because many people who move from exploring to growing do so out of a point of crisis, okay, which we're super grateful for, and that's how it happens for most people. But the problem is you got this idea that God is going to save you from every future crisis in your life so that when the miscarriage comes, when you lose someone you love, when the marriage breaks up, when the boyfriend breaks up with you, you're thinking to yourself, God, where were you? And you get disillusioned with God thinking somehow or another, that he was going to be sort of your genie in the bottle, that that's not who he is. He's going to ultimately save you from everything, but not everything is he going to spare you from, and he has reasons for that. The second thing you need to recognize about who God is is that you you get into your Christian life out of crisis, now out of the crisis, and you start looking at world events and asking why is bad things happening to good people, Maybe the pandemic or you read the Old Testament and see how you think God acted in a particular case and you hold God to your high standards and say, I don't want to serve or worship a God who does that. And so you abandon him and experience uh, what we call uh, a spiritual crib death. You're just barely into it and you walk away from it. Okay, and you're going to have to uh, figure out pretty early on here who God is. Of our essential classes, might I recommend that you uh, think about taking a class called Think Like Jesus, because we will start off covering the belief about God from the scriptures, introduce you to the God who is, not the God you want, along with seven other foundational beliefs for the follower of Jesus Christ. Now, let's go quickly now to uh, church involvement. In terms of, you're in church now, yay, and there's so many things that are being offered. I'm doing that again. Eight classes. You got all of this stuff going on. You know, where do you dive in if you're an explorer trying to get to growing? Well, we know the vanilla. Oh, God, I got to stop saying that. We, you, we know the vanilla and the chocolate. Mm-hmm. And this first one, the vanilla. Mm. The vanilla is going to surprise you. And it surprised me. But all the research is in, the Bible reinforces it. If you need to pick one thing to do in this early stage, this is the vanilla. Serve in the church. Huh. Yep, it's the vanilla. Why? Because it's going to give you a sense of belonging. It's going to give you a sense of ownership. It's going to give you a sense that you're a part of the family. It's going to keep you coming back. So we have a guy that came to the church uh, several years ago uh, by the name of Brad Norman. When Brad came, he was broken. He was in a crisis. He sat up in the back section there, cried most Sundays, right? Today, Brad Norman is a pastor at this church. He's a pastor. And when you ask Brad, What in the early stages catalyzed him to the next level? He would say, it's when I began to serve with inside of Westside that it catalyzed my spiritual journey forward. 
So with that as a recommendation, I'm going to suggest that you take our Get Connected class. It's a three-week experience. It's not just for new people. It's for people that need to get connected. In the middle of that is a, is a shape assessment that will give you an assessment of how God has wired you so we can attach your who you are with a wonderful opportunity to begin to serve in the West Side family and we'll get a shape coach to come alongside of you and help you with that experience. Now the chocolate, oh, I gotta stop saying that. Mm. The chocolate uh, church involvement is um, worship services. Attend worship services faithfully in this Early stages, you are like a spiritual toddler, and your learning curve is very, very steep. You've got to continue to take in all that God is wanting to offer you. And you're going to be overwhelmed a lot of times. You are. A lot of people in this, these early stages tell us that they're crying a lot, that they're moved a lot. And the reason is, is that for the first time, you are hearing this amazing God and what he offers for you, and how to live your life. And it's dawning on you that you missed all of these years, but you have all of these years yet ahead of you. And it just overwhelms you because you are hearing it for the first time. Now, worship services are something that every believer needs, right? But as a person gets to this phase, they can actually feed themselves, right? They can feed themselves. They still need corporate worship, but they don't need it as much as you do. Do you know that a national average that churches consider their most committed members are people who attend worship services 1.7 times a month? Did you know that? Your strongest members only attend 1.7 times a month. It's true. I'm just telling you, for you, that dog won't hunt. That will not work. You need to commit three, if not four times, whether you're here in person or watching online, you need to make it a super commitment for you. And then when you're serving on campus or serving online, it's gonna help you with that commitment because you're letting people down if you're not here to do your part. So what do we recommend? Just keep coming to Sunday school and you will find yourself being catalyzed to growing in Christ. <clears throat> okay, final category is spiritual practices. So many things that you need to learn, it's extremely overwhelming, so where do you put your crosshairs on? What is the vanilla? And what's the chocolate? I love this message, probably my favorite message ever. We know what the vanilla and the chocolate is. And here's the thing. The vanilla and chocolate for being catalyzed from exploring to growing is exactly the same for growing to close and close to Jesus-centered. It's exactly the same. You've heard me say on this first one that the number one catalyst to spiritual growth is Bible engagement with no close second. The reason that is number one is because it is true across the entire spiritual perspective. The word of God from now until you see Jesus is going to be vital in your life. It's going to be vital in your life. So <clears throat> the very first practice is we got to get you into the Bible. Now here's the deal. Here 
reading the Bible, we need to get you started. Okay, that's our focus. Get started with the Bible. Here, we've got to get it where you are more frequently in the Bible. And there is no way you're getting here unless it's daily. Just forget about it. That's it. That's your ceiling, unless it's daily. But right now, we don't want to overwhelm you with every day. We just want to get you started. So the class that I would recommend for you in our essentials class is called This is a Bible. It's going to help you understand how to navigate the Bible for it to not be so overwhelming, to give you confidence. And I'm pleased to announce that last week, this was the number one class that you guys signed up for. Way to go. The chocolate experience is prayer. We've got to get you talking and listening to God to find direction for your life. And that is true here, and it is true here. And it's the same thing. we got to get you started in praying. Here, we got to get you praying more frequently. And if you want to get to here, you have to pray daily. You know, actually, you've got to discover what Paul said, praying without ceasing means. And those who are here, they're there. But we don't want to overwhelm you with that right now. We just want to get you started. So, what class am I recommending? There is a class in the West Side Essentials. We have some of them scheduled already here, online, with your A2 group, a class here at the church. It's called Pray Like Jesus. And that will lay the foundation for you to get started with all of that. Pray Like Jesus. So there you go. There's a roadmap for you. To journey from exploring to growing. Maybe not you, but that's somebody that you know you can help them with. What I want to do is I want to wrap up by sort of putting flesh on this. Okay, a lot of information, a lot of practical things, a lot of passion, but I want to wrap this around a personal story so that it might sort of connect with you. And uh, I thought, man, it would be super tantalizing if I brought a mobster in that would be cool because those are good stories. A prostitute, you know, maybe an axe murderer, a drug addict, because those stories are phenomenal when you see them like shift from, from where they were at lost to here. But I thought that while those are phenomenal stories and I love them, I wanted to tell a story that might connect more with your story. And so I'm going to ask you to put your hands together for a West Sider. His name is Mike Lewis Jones. Encourage him to come out and to tell his story. It's not easy. I'd offer you some of my ice cream, but it's mine. Okay, fair. Fair enough? Yes. Hey, uh, thanks for telling your story. Absolutely. Um, and you know, there's a COVID thing too, you know, it's like, well, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So you, you understand, I mean, I, I would on a normal basis. Okay. Hey, um, so you grew up here in Kansas, right? I did. But tell us uh, maybe your story as a kid with church. So, you know, we, uh, I grew up here in Kansas City and uh, my uh, parents uh, attend and still do to this day a Methodist church that okay. they took us to on uh, nearly a weekly basis. Okay. So you got a lot of exposure to church and I have to tell you uh, to your parents, if they're watching uh, or we'll watch later that way to go because I would have given anything for my parents to take me to church. So you had a, a way better start in life than I did. So way to go for your parents trying to lay a spiritual foundation in your life, right? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Okay, so um, uh, what happened? Did you uh, get on board with it all? So, or? well, uh, the time came to uh, get all the kids baptized. So I was eight at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother's five. My sister is an infant. 
And uh, my parents got us all up there, uh, all together, uh, to get baptized at the exact same time. Okay, so eight, five, and an infant. Yes. Okay, and what was their thinking? You, uh... um, you know, they, they wanted what's best for us. Yeah. And, and they knew uh, themselves what it meant to get baptized. At eight years old, I had no idea. So it really wasn't your decision. Right. Okay, it was kind of like, hey, let's get everybody baptized. The infant's getting baptized. Let's throw Mike into the deal. Let's get everybody done it all at the same time. So great intentions, but wasn't something. And here's the deal. I think a lot of people can relate to your story. So uh, did it stick for you? Uh, no. So the, the older Shocker. I got... Shocker! I know. The older I got, the... Uh, the less that I remember going to church uh, on that weekly basis, and then by the time I'm 18, I have my, uh, my next life goal uh, set up. Yeah, yeah. You know, I never told the congregation this, but I was, uh, my, uh, when I was uh, around your age, my mom did, without my dad, take me to a Presbyterian church, and uh, uh, it was the only time we went, and we're sitting in the back, and they're baptizing these babies, and my mom said, let's go. And so me and my younger sister went up like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Next thing I know, I got water pouring down my face. But I had, it wasn't my decision, and I had no idea what was going on. So, right. so that's kind of a common story. Okay, so, you, so you're high school now. You're pretty much not doing the deal. And, uh, and you decide to sign up for the Marines. Yes. And you get shipped off to boot camp in San Diego. San Diego. One week after I graduated high school, and I was on an airplane there. Yeah. Fantastic. So uh, what happened to you there as it relates to your spiritual so, journey? Uh, three weeks in, uh, the drill instructors come to us and said, hey, you know, we don't want to uh, withhold you guys from any religious beliefs that you guys have. So if you want to go to church for an hour on Sunday, feel free to do that. And did you do and, it? And boy, did I. Oh, really? You sound eager. Oh, yeah. Wow. So you're like really getting on fire spiritually or what was your thinking? Well, I was tired of getting yelled at every single day for every hour of the day. So you this, wanted... this was an opportunity for me to make my own decision like, oh, I could actually have an out yeah. for an hour? Yeah, I'm going to go. Okay. So it wasn't a super duper spiritual decision. That's okay. No. That's okay. But when you're there at the first service, something happened. Something happened. So the, there, it was a very... Um, uh, lively service like we have here at Westside. And uh, at the end of it, um, I'm surrounded by 200 other 18 and 19-year-old men. I have no idea who they are. And we're all standing up. And uh, the pastor is praying over all of us. And he says, if you're ready to take that next step and to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, raise your hand. Okay, what did you do? And I raised my hand. Oh, you did. Oh yeah. Okay. So this time, you're raising, it's, you're initiating this. It, it's it's starting to stick so much now that I have tears just completely flowing down my face. I can't stop crying. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, but you're no in idea. on it. One hundred percent. So we've talked about this, and you now know where you're at in the journey. That's the Holy Spirit. Yep. That's the Holy Spirit just convicting you and wooing you and drawing you to God. And you got to have that to see it and to draw to God. So the Holy Spirit is all over you, man. Oh, That's yeah. pretty cool. So you make the decision? I made the decision. Uh, I was granted a gift, and it's, uh, I have it with me here today, and it's a New Testament Bible. Um, and I, uh, I actually wrote that date in the back of June 25th, 2000, that, that exact day. So that was the date when it was Mike's decision. That was mine. That was a pretty cool deal, right? Yeah. Uh, now, uh, mine was uh, June 14th, 1974, you know? So, so I, I was encouraged to say, and I would encourage you guys, even though uh, the journey 
is in fact a journey, uh, usually you have a specific moment in time when you go like, wow, that is it. So mine is 1974. And so when people ask me how old I am, I tell them I'm 48. Uh, I go off on my spiritual birthday. It's not really a lie, you know, but uh, I'm liking my spiritual birthday better than my actual one. So yep. that's pretty cool. So, so this dynamic happens. You finish boot camp, and uh, then all of a sudden you're done with boot camp. What happens next? You got married. Yep, I uh, got married. I was at uh, several different duty stations. Um, and then uh, the day after uh, my wife and I got married, uh, it was time to go over to Iraq. So I left right then and there. So right to Iraq. Right over. Okay, that's jumping into the fire, right? Okay, so, um, so you're over in Iraq. How's the spiritual life going? So it's there. Okay. Um, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're fairly busy and everything like that. Um, but I had this with By the, the way, the people give that time. excuse all the time. I'm so busy for... Can make time for God, you know. It's the worst. I know. It yeah, is. Right? <laughs> um, but I carried this with me throughout my entire military career. and uh, You carried it in your pocket, I right? carried by it, heart. yep, in my left pocket uh, next to my chest. So it was, it, it almost served as a uh, level of protection for me, especially yeah. when I was over there, which explains it being so sweat-logged now. Yeah. Because when you step out of the boundaries of the camp, right, it's pretty dangerous. Yeah, I'll tell you, there, I, I never prayed so hard in my life from leaving the perimeter every day on patrol. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're, you're, you're at, in Iraq. Now you, you come home. You've done your service. Thank you for your service, by the way. And, um, yeah, there you go. And so you, um, it's, uh, now let's fast forward uh, probably 15 years, I think it is, like 15, years. Yeah, 15 yeah. 16 years. Uh, you're married, you're having, you have children now. Yes. How's the spiritual life going? Babies take a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they, they kept us uh, very, very, very busy. Um, yeah. Too busy for God, right? Yeah. Too, too busy for God. Yeah. But, um, you know, we, we had one, we had another, and we had our third. And uh, my wife, Melissa, says, uh, we need to find a church home. Uh-huh. I said, yes, dear. <laughs> and, uh, and she asked me several times, like, hey, we have to find a church home. We have to find a church home. And I said, okay. I said, let's, uh, let's go down to Westside because I'd heard nothing but good things about it. Um, you know, never a bad thing. Um, it's close to the house. You know, let, let's go down there and see what it's about. And so we did. And the first service that we came to, if uh, some of you that have been around for a few years uh, was... Uh, this, the time that we started uh, reading the story. It was the very first Sunday there. Right, the very there. first one, we started reading the story. And Dan Sutherland held up the book and he said, we're going to read this together. And Melissa and I were completely entranced that an entire congregation was going to go through the same study all at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. It was just incredible. We were drawn in right away. Yeah, and... And of course, you know, I wrote that, right? I do. But I wasn't here yet. Not yet. Yeah, right. Now I'm yep. here. Yep. We should do it. Don't you think, congregation? We should do it. I mean, you got the guy. I got the guy. We got the guy. Okay. So, you, so, so. That you're excited about going through the Bible. Very. I may be, I may be something. Uh, okay. Uh, just joking. So, so then you're, but you walked out of the service and something happened. Yeah. So we went to go, we, you know, we dropped the older two kids off. They were four and two at the time. I say older two. Um, we picked up my son, and he, he comes up to us and says, do you know who God is? I said, yeah. Did you know that God does this, and he does that? And just the things that came out of his mouth after being in that service for one hour completely amazed us. 
I mean, at, at that, that was the sealer of the deal for us. We never went and, and, and visited another church. We'd never turned back. We're here every single week. So that's like 2015. Now let's yep. fast forward to 2017. Something happens in 2017, okay? Something happens there. So we're uh, out in the lobby, you know, every now and then they set out the pools to get baptized. And Melissa says, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna do this. So whereas she was baptized as an infant, um, she knew that for herself, she needed to make that next step in her journey to make that decision for herself. Make it hers, yes. Uh Make it hers. So she got baptized that day. She did. And uh, we have a picture of her being baptized, and uh, let's put that up, I think. Here we go. There it is. And you're there. You look super happy. I'm assuming that you got baptized right after her. No. Yeah, way yeah. to go, dude. I know. Yeah, right. No time. That would have been you know? the, no time, right? Yeah, that would have been kind of the good move to make there, it, it right? It would have been. But you were holding back a little bit, and yep. this is showing us, just like many of you, that this thing is a journey, right? You got to take on a journey. So let's fast forward now to 2020. So 2020, the day before the big shutdown, and uh, we have our first uh, major worship and pray event here at the church on uh, March 11th. Yeah. And the place is packed. It's rocking. It was awesome. And we had our older two signed up to uh, get, get baptized, and uh, it, was, it was my turn at that point. You said, I got to do this. And I did. And uh, the announcement was made, said, hey, we're going to start baptisms. And I ran to the back because I wanted to be first in. Yeah, yeah, there first you go. First in. So of the 80 people that got baptized, you were number one. Number one. Because you're, you're now all in, right? This right. is your decision, and you got baptized, right? Yep. So we have some pictures of that. We have a picture yeah. of that. There, there is Mike getting baptized. Uh, 20 years, I think, after 20 years. the decision here, yep. okay? okay? So then after, after I was, uh, got baptized, I was able to baptize my two older, uh, which was a tremendous honor to, to do that. You know, I just stayed in the water with them and, and, and did it right then and there. It was awesome. That is pretty, pretty exciting. Yeah. But the story's not over yet, is it? It's not. So uh, our, our smallest, Clara, um, she kept asking us after the words, um, you know what, Dad, I want to get baptized. I want to get baptized. And we said, yeah, yeah, we know, we know, we know. Um, we'll get Grandma and Grandpa here. You know, we'll make a big to-do out of it. Um, we'll celebrate and everything like that. And, but she kept asking us. And we were at the worship and pray event last September outside again. And she asked us again, I want to get baptized. And Melissa and I looked at each other and we said, you know, this... This isn't our decision. This is God talking directly to her. And who are we to get in the way of what he has planned for her? And this is a big difference for your deal where it wasn't your decision, even though the intentions were good. This is her decision, and you can't fight it out anymore, right? Right. right. And so... Yeah, there she is. And she knows exactly what it means at this point. Just being six years old, she knows. She knows. And so how, how did that, when she comes out of the water, what's, that, what's going you know, on in your I, mind? She got out. I got down on her level, and, uh, and I'm hugging her, and I'm just, I'm getting soaking wet, and I can't stop crying. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it was so emotional for me. You told me that you hadn't cried like that since the day you were at boot camp. Since the day that I got this. Yeah, and why, why so much emotion? I knew at that point that um, my entire family made this decision for themselves and they know exactly what it means. Yeah. And they know the next step 
toward their relationship with Jesus. There's nothing better than that, is there? No. Yeah. What's the one thing you'd like to tell the congregation? Um, you know, one thing, uh, if you don't have one of these, um, I mean, in its entirety, not just the New Testament, but get one. Don't wait for somebody to give it as a gift for you. Um, the answers are here. Seeking you will find. Um, make yourself a better person. Sign up for the extras. Do the extras at church. Um, you know, sign up for the classes coming up. Because you can't expect for to have godly children if your children don't have godly parents themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's a good word. It's a good word. Let's give it up for Mike. Thank you. Willingness to share a story. So I think this is a common story. I think it's... You're not an axe murderer, are you? No. Okay, no. yeah. So this is just a common story, and uh, my encouragement to you today is if you find yourself as an explorer, why not today? Why not today receive Jesus into your life and get baptized? And if you're ready to do that, if you're online, just say, I'm ready, and our team will reach out to you. If you're at Speedway, after the service, just come down to the front, and our team will help you. And if you're here at Lenexa, just go out into the commons area. It's very obvious where we're at and tell our team I'm ready they'll walk you through it all and if you're ready you don't have to wait 20 years like this guy did to actually get baptized right okay you're a good model but not the most perfect model that's right? okay that's okay that's right okay. <laughs> okay but I do love you man I'm still not going to give you any of my ice cream all right let's pray father we thank you so much for this wonderful story this story that we can all relate to about how Jesus is enough and I thank you father for your saving grace bringing salvation to this entire family I look forward with my family spending eternity with the Lewis Jones family forever and ever. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Amen.